here we are in lovely Las Vegas at, uh, where are we, Caesar's Palace? Mm-hmm. As, uh, who is it that asked, does Caesar actually live here? I think that's from a movie. <laughs> Anyways. The hangover. We're, we're here at the, uh, what is it? This is the, the Gartner application. No. What is it? Application oh, right behind strategy us. and something summit. Yes. And, and I think, Solutions. I think it's, it's normally called AADI, right? right. Application Architecture uh Application Strategy and Solution Summit. Yeah. Right. Anyways, I mean, well, first, why don't you introduce yourself, guest? Hi there. I'm Rita Minacci, head of AR, uh, head of analyst relations at Pivotal. You, you, I think you were on our, our maybe uh, second or third episode, mm-hmm. or maybe earlier. I forget. Anyways, right. so welcome oh, back. Thanks. For Good job. Me. So, what? How how would you characterize this conference? Like, I mean, as far as like what the topics and attendees are. So this is actually the first year they've combined their digital workforce and apps summits mm. with the AADI summit. AADI used to be really all about for, for application development leaders. So they talked a lot about application integration, application mm. development, development languages. Now this explains why they have they have these little button fishbowls of buttons where you pick out a button of like what you do. And one of them was, what was the phrase you used? Workspace? Digital workplace. Right. I saw that as one of them. I was thinking like, what is that like using Slack? And, and so now I understand yeah, it's a whole, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, it's also actually something we talked, that we talked about during one of the meetings earlier. I think physical space, which we haven't talked to Gartner much about, but mm. you know, um, or how Jeffrey Hammond at Forrester might look at it as developing spaces for developers or developer spaces. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, making sure you have a good garden for all your flowers. <laughs> and, and, and they say it topiary. <laughs> topiary. Topiary. Did you did you pick up the button? Did you do? Are you wearing all the flair today? No, no. You know, there was a time in my life where I would try to get buttons, and then I found that they just fall off. Right. Like I, I, would, you. I would try to get the buttons that you put on like your laptop bag, mm-hmm. and but then like you would be like getting your bag out of an overhead bin, mm-hmm. and they kind of fly off, and it's just it's just tragic because there is. There was, yeah, I feel like at a bunch of analyst events about, this is 2016, maybe about eight years ago, there was a lot of those little buttons that would be giving out where there's a brad on one side and like you punch it through and put the thing over here. Mm-hmm. Like I've got like a, a Z one for mainframes and there's a 451. I, haven't you know, seen I think Salesforce so is giving some away at their booth here, by the way. They uh, were at uh, reInvent last this week. This is a little, little negative two item Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we we're having uh, Rita on uh, just because, as promised, we wanted to have Rita on every now and then to tell us what's going on in, in analyst land. But before we get to that, we have uh, our usual little spate of news. What what do we what do we have this week, Richard? Yeah, there was another conference in Vegas last week. Um, this, this a rodeo. Up, this all cla- Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of cowboys here this week. Like, <laughs> and yeah. then somebody pointed out it was a rodeo because it was freaking me out. There's a lot of cowboy hats. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, last week there was a little cloud conference with some company in Seattle that's, right. that's doing cloud stuff. So reInvent was last week. It was a big deal. Tons of announcements. I, I guess I don't know what the right metaphor is for what it's like Disneyland for cloud people. Just it's the event. You, everybody gets excited. Yeah. You fall asleep quickly. So it was a big deal. Lots of cool announcements. Um, it, I think it defied any sort of classification. It was just we're going to release a ton of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, It's yeah. data and compute instances and app services and deep learning and all these really cool things, but uh, yeah, no big theme short of we ship lots of things, which sure. is a theme in itself. Yeah, it's it's like as as one of my favorite books is called the Everything Store. They're like they're like <laughs> the Everything Cloud. Yeah. Like it's it, it, they they tend to have a ton of stuff. Yeah, so did, you wrote like a summary of all the announcements, right? I did. I took a few hours on a Sunday and and wrote up a summary of all the twenty eight whatever announcements. And again, I think for most. If there, there's no way everyone's using all the services in AWS. It's almost uh-huh. like me with Microsoft Office. Like I use six features. Sure. But at least you know they're there if you want to use them. And I, that's got to be the strategy at this point because this isn't like one thing is going to use all of these different parts of the platform. But, hey, you have a lot of different choices in one place. It's so, just the deluge of keeping up. Yes. Yeah, so, what, so since you wrote a summary, what do you think? what do you think was the most – weird in a good way thing that was announced. Sort of weird, like, oh, I guess novel is a word people would I use. mean, novel was the physical tractor trailer that moves data to AWS data uh, centers. Is, that, is that like the, the mega snowball or whatever? AWS snowmobile. Yeah. So when I'm literally going to pull up a truck and mm-hmm. uh, load my data into it, and it takes days, right? Yeah. I got to load up my data, which can take up to 10 days for whatever exabyte I'm loading, and I somebody drives it up. So that was pretty crazy yeah. stuff. But yeah, I, for, I forget the name of it. There's some it's some old ancient IEEE jokester who, who there's a quote about like never underestimate the bandwidth of a station wagon with a bunch of tapes in it. Right. And like I remember 
people talk about data gravity a lot still, but like back in the height of data gravity talk, I'd always think like, well, you just go to Costco and buy some hard drives and stick it in an overnight FedEx thing. Right. Like, I mean, right. obviously it over it, it sort of, you know, if you have petabytes of data, that's one thing, but still, uh, you know, yeah, you even, just get a teamster. Well, you even get to the bandwidth story because clouds still notoriously charge a lot for bandwidth in mm. the scheme of things. So uploading, you know, 50 petabytes, that, that's a bill. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is cheaper to, to, you know, rent a couple of guys in the truck. Yeah. You know, what I've realized in looking at the rest of our news items is that you have now, you're filling on my other podcast. I've got this guy, Matt Ray, and basically his job is to do all the work of, of the agenda and the news. And then now that's your job. Yeah. This seems like a common uh, co-host pattern that I have. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know, you're, I find someone who, who loves summarizing news. Right. You're coasting on your looks with people who look for the, uh, that's right. the, the chance to, to raise up the profile. So well played. You, you know how to seek out weakness. That's right. Well, there's one of these I know about. But that, that said, also, so what's this yeah. thing that Netflix came out with? I mean, they're always it's an OSS project per week at Netflix, and they do a great job of it. They something called Hollow. We got the link in the notes here. It's just an, uh -huh. another interesting caching tool for how do I take advantage of caching in a different way. And I, I pointed it out mainly because since we're pretty good with Spring and Spring Cloud of trying to make these things easier for developers, it'll be interesting to see how do we do we keep following some of these. We've done it with Spinnaker. Mm. We keep building onto these Netflix things and making them Springified. Yeah. So I guess keep an eye on these, and really the call to action for listeners is if you want these things in spring, it's good for us to know that because maybe we would actually prioritize making these into spring cloud projects yeah. or things. So I guess keep an eye on these Netflix projects, and if they get you amped up, let us know. Yeah, you know, that makes me think. I remember speaking of the old days of uh, when they used to have pens. Like I remember back in the open source days of the mid-2000s, there was always a lot of talk of like enterprises need to get more involved in open source. And I don't know if I really thought about it too much, but like, there's a few other exceptions, but I think Netflix is like the first company that does that, like like in, in, a, in a big, impactful way, where a lot of a lot of open source software comes from Netflix. Whereas, right. you know, in let's say 2004, you wouldn't really expect that to happen, right? There were all the vendors doing open source things, and they would always be clamoring for enterprises, as they would say, to get involved, but not really that many would. And there must be other ones that I'm not thinking of, but there's. I don't think it's incredibly shocking. It might be mildly surprising, if you will, that like when an enterprise open sources stuff, but it's a lot more normal nowadays than it used to be. It is, but even at the same time, our friends at Allstate and Composed, I mean, they've open sourced mm. a few different libraries and build things, and like, it's always fun when we do see that and can promote yeah. that. I, again, I like that, and it, I think it's companies loosening the reins a little bit on their own open source strategy. Don't just consume it, actually contribute back. Yeah, yeah, that is handy. And then and then we, we there's a new RabbitMQ release out. Yeah, I mean, you know, PCF and Pivotal really doubling down a bit on some of the data services now and, and into 2017. And RabbitMQ's really gotten a, a whole other investment from the from the company. And so you see a new Java client. And then what, what I thought was more interesting was there was some new components for things like metrics and performance that can integrate with things like Spring Boot. So mm -hmm. if I like the actuator and I hit, you know, slash health, and I want to view, hey, how much memory are things using? Now it can also pull in Rabbit metrics like, hey, how deep is my queue and what's going on there? And you know, in the new PCF version coming out in the next couple of days, we're actually pulling Spring Boot things into the Apps Manager console. So as we have more data available, I think it makes things a lot more interesting yeah. when you're doing health monitoring and scaling and what have you. So just a cool advancement. RabbitMQ is a little engine that could just continues to be, you know, power some of the biggest companies in the world without us making a big deal about it. Do you, do you know at the top of your head how many like tiles we have now in Pivotal Cloud Foundry? Like last I remember it was like 40 something. But, it's a lot, yeah. which is great. At the same time, you know, part of my job now in marketing is to help people understand when to use each. Ah, uh, yes. Which yes. is a great problem. When you hit the critical mass point of, like, when do you actually choose among yeah. them, that's a great point. And we must have, like, four or five data data ones, right? Like, like I mean, I'm kind of, if you mash, mashing queues, I mean, queues are sort of kind of data. Sure. But, like, we have, we've got the MyraDB one and, and like, and Redis, right? Or Redis. And, we have some Redis. We have some MySQL options. We have... Um, there's a number of these that... There's pop quiz here. Apparently. Yeah, I know. Exactly. You make me think through them. Uh, you know, and then you get integration, Azuqua, Solace mm. Messaging. You just have a, a lot of different things. Not to mention, look at the Google broker that lets you talk to Bigtable or lets you talk yeah. to SQL, Cloud SQL or Azure broker. So the data choices now, uh, Aerospike, there's others, all these different choices now. So what do you need when you need a relational database or yeah. NoSQL? There's yeah, that's been one of, one of the, the sort of undercurrent conversations around here at the, at the Gartner conference we're at. I was trying to remember the name again. 
but uh, it's, it's sort of like everyone's like, oh, databases. We should worry about those. Like there's been a few people talking about how they have more inquiries about databases and how it fits in and things right. like that, which is, which, I mean, it seems like a good sign of maturity. You sort of like learn a new way of development, learn this new technology, and then you're like, oh, now we have data. Now we have data. <laughs> no, I know. It's been, we've had a lot of conversations about that this week. Yeah. And with a bunch of analysts as we, we get to that topic in a moment. But I, I like that uh, some are actually trying to lead the conversation. It's totally. not just waiting for their customers to ask them. They're also thinking about it because they're, like, how come nobody's talking about this yet? I like that when they actually try to lead an yeah. agenda. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So so then, so then the last news item, the one that I actually know about. Well done. The, yeah, I, I was trying to do some work uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> like, like so, uh, so, so Ann Thomas, and, and you can speak to this too, Rita. I, I mean, you could have on the other things, but of course, I need some coffee. I should have gotten some coffee. I was trying to be all nice, like I don't want to kill myself, but like, you know, <laughs> why else am I alive? I should have some coffee. <laughs> Anyways. So she came out with a uh, uh, what's it called a market monitor market guide market guide sure. and and uh, you know I, I think obviously from a pivotal perspective the main takeaway we had is she's recommending doing all new application development in a cloud native style and 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 to to maybe soften even the strength of her language is essentially like uh, you don't need to use JEE I mean she was essentially saying that the era of of, of JEE I still always want to say J2E, I know. but that the era of enterprise Java was more or less over and, and that you should look to do uh, exactly. cloud native things. I believe the word obsolete was used. Obsolete. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, hey. Fighting words. <laughs> you know, analysts get a good perspective of what vendors are doing, but then what customers are using. Like, we all say things as software vendors to try to help analysts yeah. know what's going on, but they're also listening to the customers. And, you know, in this case, I think it's looking at the trends that I think we're pretty visible slash obvious for a little bit about, you know, lighter frameworks, 12-factor apps, cloud-native stuff, that that is how, and her, again, her recommendation was, I don't care if it's a public cloud or not. Like, exactly. every app should exactly. be cloud-native. I think for us, the reason we even highlight is I think it's a good validation that we, we bet on the right horse yeah. with application platforms and lightweight frameworks, and that most importantly, that's what helps companies develop software faster and better. And I think it's just nice to see people, not us, saying that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, so what what is that type of report? The it's like, called the market guide. It's the application platforms market guide. Is the full title of that? And so and like I, I mean I think everyone knows the Gardner Magic right. Quadrant, which is sort of like it's sort of like a multi-purpose, other than being sort of like a uh, the equivalent of a Cinebite for vendors, mm -hmm. just come in and torture them gleefully. Uh, like it seems like it serves the purpose of one describing the leaders in the industry from a pure industry perspective. Oh, the MQ, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the MQ. Yeah. But it also just it feeds into purchasing behaviors and sort of like trying to mm -hmm. rank, uh, basically shortlisting. But so like, if you look at the uh, man, I don't know, remember guide. the market guide. Like, what's the sort of like functional? Does Gardner have a functional explanation for yes, what it does? Yes, they do actually. So they usually do them for markets that are either have gotten. That no longer require an MQ because the technologies are getting old or they're not being mm. adopted. So um, markets that are kind of not dying but fading. Steady. Um, yeah. Steady. Stagnant. Fading. There you go. Not really that interesting. Like like, like ETL. Right. Well, no, it, well, app, well, application platforms, right? Yeah. App servers where it's like, well, here are your options. They're all kind of the same if you do feature for feature. Year over year. And there, here's the definition. It hasn't changed in 10 years. Right. But that's obviously it has. Um, or brand new um Technology areas that um, oh, okay. are, are hard to are like still being defined, or there isn't as much revenue momentum that would war warrant. So if you were to have like quadrant. some circle diagram, the, the the magic quadrant would be in the center, and the the, the market thingamajiggy would be around it, yeah. like like so, a layer of, yeah. of protective fat. If it's either either old or new, so like in between. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we keep going to how do you say it? Pay yards. I guess Payards, so, man. Yeah. Apparently, I've discovered I have a weakness for French pastries and desserts. <laughs> I just, I can't help myself. So, uh, were, were we going to, like, license that or something? Yes. Yeah. So, that will be, you'll be able to download that off our website any day. Yeah. Now. We'll have to put a link to it in the no, show sure. notes. Yes. That's right. Oh, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll but it, it, is, it is a good report. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a nice overview. And, and it... And it uh, it, it does like talk about pivotal, in it, but it's not like highly recommendation area. No, of it's not comparative. It's not a comparative. It's more about report. practices. Yeah, it's like right. here's the market, here are the changes, the trends in the market, and here are some sample vendors. Right, right. So it's a nice. Well, so so on that topic, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been yeah. great uh, to hang out with you guys in Las Vegas again. Yeah, I think it was probably almost a year ago that you were on last time, and and last so. It's, it's, 
So it last time. A year ago. Wasn't it? It was like June. Wasn't it? <laughs> time warp over there. Only June. Wow. That's great. Time's moving a lot uh, slower before, than I actually think it, was, it is. It was before spring one. I've still got more time to enjoy coffee. But anyways. Uh, so last time you gave us an overview of like what analyst relations or AR does. Mm -hmm. But like for people who, uh, you know, the, the one listener out of our many who hasn't listened to the entire canon. Mm -hmm. And like, as, as I know they all do, like, why don't you give us like a, a, a little summary of what AR does? Like, what's what's your role around here? And, and Sure. You know, in so, I mean, ultimately, and I said this last time, I enable, um, I raise our visibility among a specific constituency. And this is industry technology, um, technology industry analyst firms. Right. Like Forrester and Gartner and 451, Red Monk, Ovum. So yeah. Those are the folks we work with. And, and I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's yeah. pretty straightforward. Yeah. So yeah, I, I basically make sure that those folks know what we're doing, yeah. know, are up to speed on uh, product versions, like, fe you know, features. That's great. And we'll talk later in the show, I think, about what are they being asked about these days. You yeah. Know, where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they were like, show me a feature, feature comparison between these two uh, app platforms and which one should I pick? They're getting different kinds of questions, but that's, I'm digressing. Um, <laughs> so... But it's not like one analyst. I mean, it's 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 bizarre walking with you here because you're like some mini celebrity that everyone hugs <laughs> you, and it's it's freaking me out. But you know what, what's interesting though, and you, I think you've spent so much time this year doing it. Is it's not like there's a rolodex of four people that you talk to. And exactly. It's like one person at each firm, and I just keep them up no. to date. It's it. In fact, if you're your gardener, you're growing like crazy year over year in analysts and stuff. I think a lot of your job is just keeping a pulse on oh, who's, who covers oh, what and oh how do I goodness. keep expanding who knows about us, right? Exactly. I mean, for example, DevOps, right? They have a bunch of folks who cover DevOps, and we need to be talking to those folks. So in addition to the pure tech, the guys who cover Pivotal from a pure technology perspective, we need to be talking to the folks who are covering things like DevOps. And there's also the whole CIO practice, the, the analysts who talk to the CIO audience. And both Forrester and Gartner have these analysts. Mm -hmm. And we're talking to them because we're pretty close with our CIOs. We listen to yeah. them and they listen to us. And um, as we talked to, to an analyst earlier today, they're asking a lot of questions that are actually not so much about technology. They're about skills and culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's also a trend I'm seeing with analysts in general is that Again, back in the day when they would just get asked these straightforward technology questions, vendor for vendor, right. now they're having to talk about the cultural implications of how these app dev paradigms are changing or having to go to cloud and what's this agile stuff and, and stuff like that. So I'm sure it's interesting. More, hopefully, like it's not just, I don't know, I always thought of analysts as dealing with most of the infrastructure teams and, and things like that. And so now it just seems like there's so much more about yeah. app dev and lifecycle and leadership and DevOps mm -hmm. and management. And yeah. I think that's exciting, but I'm sure as an analyst, it's like, gosh, it was a lot easier when I just talked about, you know, upgrades to JBoss. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. there's, there's a role of AR that, that, I think at this conference, I noticed I've been seeing more, which is is that you were kind of talking about, which is the uh, you should be talking to these people, right? <laughs> right? Yes. With, like there, there's almost the I mean, there's many parts of AR as far as I understand it, but there's 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 a fair amount of the transactional part of like mm -hmm. if you've got like a uh, person talking to the analyst and the analyst, I'm wildly moving my hands around for the people who can't see it, but it's sort of like this person has a question for that person, and you can kind of facilitate mm -hmm. yeah. and hook that up or whatever. So it's like very patent drive. But then there's another thing that I think as as a new field comes about and people are interested in it, like you kind of just like move around and be like, oh, these two people should be talking and we should talk to those people. Like we just had a meeting with someone that was basically that. It was like, this person covers something you guys seem to be big into and you haven't really talked with them before, yeah. so you should go talk to them. Exactly. <laughs> which, yeah. which is I nice. could no seriously I could sit and just mind the firm's coverage and be like, we could talk to them about this, this or this. I mean, really, I mean right down to you mentioned RabbitMQ. There's an analyst who doesn't cover PaaS or, or, or app, app frameworks, but he's the main guy who covers messaging for middleware. And so I'm like, oh, does RabbitMQ come up in your conversations? Yes, it does. Well, we should probably be telling you what we're doing with that. So, I mean, right. really, I could spend all my time just figuring out who else to be talking to at these firms. And, and, then, and to a customer, yeah. I mean, to you know, yeah. a company who listens to this, why does that matter that they know about us? Like, I mean, what are we trying to do? Are they, I mean, an analyst probably looks at the landscape and there's a, a lot of providers and mm -hmm. is our job making sure that we're top of mind? Clearly our job is not to make them say something because these are very independent people who don't care if we want them to say something. But is it just, is it awareness? Because when then they write or when 
a company reads something, they can see they feel like they're getting a good look at the, the landscape. Like, why does our customer care that we've talked to now 50 Gartner analysts right. in the last two days? So, what I think would hurt, what hurts me to hear ever here, and I'm hearing it less and less, is an analyst not is an analyst getting a question from a customer that they can't answer because we didn't keep them informed of what we were doing, mm -hmm. whether it's about our strategy or. Uh, New, new features of our product. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's why you know customers who um, need to who may not have time or for some reason are just not up to speed and need to get the quick thing. They should be the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> they can go to the analyst and if we've done our job, the analysts know what we're doing and where we're taking it. You know, there's a lot of you know some some analysts and some customers want to know what's the prospect for this company in the long term, and um, or where are they taking this platform? Is it going to be in line with with where I want to go in the future. I think one of the guys we were talking with today was talking was was saying about that. We're like, what about is it actually it was the guy with the CIO guy, right? About is it are they helping you move right. forward? Oh yeah. Are yeah, they yeah. keeping you from moving forward? That's gotta be a yeah. lot trickier to be like health of company versus like who does cool stuff in continuous integration delivery. Like all right, yes. I know about Pivotal, they do that. How many employees do they have? Uh I don't know. Like yes. I, mean, I mean it's gotta be trickier when it's like business level yep. info versus who does interesting things in app frameworks or platforms or cloud or what have you? But so, so then, so then, since last time we talked, what do, how, do you, how do you think the uh, the analyst people? What's going on with them in Pivotal? Like how yeah. how's how's uh, how do you think? Let's, let's there's at least two categories. Like one of them, maybe we don't know, but like what do the analysts think of us, Pivotal? And the other one is kind of like, have do you think that there's more conversation between Pivotal users and customers and analysts? Like, how's that relationship going? I think there you can has take been, those in whatever order. Yeah, you no, like. the analysts have told me they've seen an uptick in yeah. questions and inquiries and uh, about Pivotal. So that makes me very happy. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think they all knew about us a year ago. Now they know more about us, so they feel more comfortable talking about us. And, you know, and I think it's not just a, this isn't just because of analyst relations. I think in general, you right. know, marketing awareness. Uh, and yeah, awareness about Pivotal is increasing. And, yeah. and, and as a result, that's kind of, it's this kind of feedback, you know, like conversation loop. And I was talked, I think last time about this, uh, continuous conversation. Yeah. Um, and th that's what it is. You know, AR is part of that conversation. Um, so yeah, I think it's great to hear that. It's great to hear when I get out of, when I do an inquiry with an analyst, they're like, hey, I've gotten a really tremendous uptick in inquiries about you guys this quarter. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I was sitting next to someone last night at uh, dinner and I was asking him the analyst version of this question. So like, what do you hear about mm -hmm. us nowadays? And he was, he was, Hey, I don't think he was even half joking because I, I thought he was, but then I asked him and he's like, he said, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been reviewing a lot of PCF contracts. And, and so that's like, that's pretty crazy. I mean, in, in a good way that like he's, uh, he's being pulled in to like compare and contrast, you know, yes. pricing and contracts yes, and stuff. And those are straightforward questions from my, my understanding for the analyst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good metric of like, if, yep. if he uses the phrase a lot, then yes. like there, there's there's a lot and it's of a contract too so yeah, yeah. clearly we're selling these things <laughs> yeah 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 and I mean just anecdotally myself like I I mean as as people can imagine I pay very close attention to this stuff like there is even if it's in there's always a certain part of lots of analyst things that's kind of the um, what would you call it not the penalty box but the didn't qualify mm -hmm. footnote and mm -hmm. if if we only show up in there for some reason like we're pretty much in all our we're mentioned in all the reports that we should be which which is gratifying to see yes Absolutely. it is nice that's increased i actually would like to do a little study to see how much how much like actually pr in print how much we've come up yeah and we could do inquiry analytics i mean we could find out like inquiries too or i could just ask them are we getting are yeah you know and it's making me think like like i, I I haven't like in the meetings we've had. I hadn't used the opportunity for to get like free consulting out of the analysts. Like I, 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 I I'm keep, trying to. Yeah, but but like you know, one of the things I, it's, it'd be interesting that I would ask the analysts is because I get asked this a lot. Is it seems like we're at the height of like, for lack of a better phrase, platform fragmentation madness, right? There's all these different like container-driven things, and like we talk about this a lot in my other podcast, Software Defined Talk, I mean, almost every episode, but it's just like, I wonder how analysts deal with that. Cause it is like, mm -hmm. cause their, their job, I mean, you know, their job is to give, I would say a helpful, expansive answer with lots of opinion, mm -hmm. right? Whereas like the answer that I can give just has to be like entertaining. <laughs> but, but like, you know, I, man, sorting out all that stuff seems really like difficult. And which, which is all to say, I think we show up in that whole mess of stuff a lot more yes. than, than we did 
even like a year or so ago. Yeah. Yeah. We forget the stakes are high too sometimes. It's easy for you and I to give uh, blustery opinions on a podcast. Sure. But like Gardner Magic Quadrants, people lose their minds when they're not positioned in the right place. Yeah. Or if you get left off a, a Forrester wave or like there's financial implications if you're yeah. not mentioned in these things for the companies that actually manage by these things. Yeah, you worked on that at like CenturyLink, right? If I remember you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I filled out a lot of quadrants and yeah. it was fine because again, <laughs> for enough customers, it's not their criteria, but it is something that helps them down select. So exactly. very yeah. few companies I think would tell you like they manage by quadrant. But at the same right. time, if they're looking like, who are the five I should invite in for the first call? Like, that's a real thing. Yeah. And so when you get left off, there's real implications. So mm -hmm. that's tough for an analyst. I'm sure they field a lot of calls as they ship things and, and have to deal mm -hmm. with angry, angry paying right. customers. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've, I've experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird fact of life. So, so are there, are there any other like like interesting changes in, in our what, our relations with the analysts and what we've been doing with them? Like, like if if you look at like the the smaller firms, like what do what do we do with those people nowadays, and vice versa? So it's the same thing, keeping them informed, I think. Um, and they talk to other different audiences. For example, specific, I mean, Red Monk talks to more developer audience, so we definitely make sure that they're informed and know what we're doing, like especially with things like Spring and some of our open source things and. Um, and they they sometimes surface that like again I'm going to use Red Monk as an example uh, like Stephen O'Grady wrote a piece about data and DevOps mm, right and that's a pretty forward thinking topic right and so and a topic that Pivotal can talk to or is at least exploring and thinking about it's a quite, we're asking questions similar to to those guys so right. we'll do some work with them on that you know we'll we'll kind of riff riff off the topic on a phone call we might you know do a podcast or a webcast where. We have them and some of our smart folks just. We do those things here it. too, which is nice. I mean, it's not like our analyst relations are. We get on the phone and we read through our latest product sheet and then we ask some questions and hang up. I don't know. A lot of the ones that Rita has set up this year were a lot around, like, let's just talk about an idea that maybe we're going to be baking into the product or mm -hmm. here's like a fundamental concept, like data and DevOps. If there's no product around the corner, you're pivotal for that because no one's really even solving that problem well. So to just riff for an hour on something that's tricky and how are we going to help customers solve that? Who's innovative in the field? And, and we do this with Gartner as well and all of them, which is really fun to be able to, to help that. I think that's maybe an incentive as well for mm -hmm. regular enterprises who call up and talk to analysts or even sometimes act as references as you get that chance to riff on tricky concepts. But you know, do you see that? So when, when a, we ask a company to talk to an analyst on our behalf or just to talk to them because right. analysts love case studies. What, why do that? Like, why, why would a company choose to call up a Gartner or a Forrester or 451 and give them an hour of their time? You mean to just talk about Pivotal? Yeah, whatever. if we're yeah. saying, like, yeah. hey, talk about right. your transformation, why, why would you do that? You know, I think, and, and, and this may seem hokey, but I, I do think people like to influence a conversation, right? I think that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it helps position them. Actually, and the more kind of you know self-serving thing is, is if you are an enterprise who wants to be seen as, not only are you going to be able to, to survive some disruption, disruption from, from some more agile competitors, but you're ahead of the game, you know, you're forward thinking, this right. is a great way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is kind of the first, this is like the, the first line, right? And then, of course, press yeah. and all that stuff. It's just so, hard to argue with that. I mean, when, you know, yeah. Doug is on the in the New York Times talking about the Allstate transformation, yeah. like, that's a real thing. Yeah. And when you're in a Forrester report. And that becomes report, material to your business. Right. Like, those are real <laughs> things when you're listed in analyst reports or press. Yes. Because, you know what, that, that's an interesting place I might want to work. And if yeah. you're a job that, candidate, that's, that's, I mean, so I mean many among many reasons. Among many reasons, I've always weirded out why people, why, to use a phrase again, enterprises don't talk more publicly. I mean, I know there's always like, <laughs> like procurement reasons and yeah. stuff like that, but, right. but then it's also like, it's my observation is that like those IT people, whether they're leaders or not, who like talk more publicly end up getting better jobs or promotions or career or whatever. And so it seems like, and I mean, I have to imagine like if you're uh, not someone who like has, uh, you know, chronic has to publish all the time scoliosis or whatever that like like how do you build up any sort of like fame other than code right like you could sure. do some but like, you need some hook of like why you're valuable and interesting so it seems like of course you don't want to like be excessive about it but like any opportunity you get to talk about at the very least how you succeeded or even better how you failed and then succeeded right. how were you like would be great how yeah, you yeah. transformation for example since that's the buzz buzz phrase du jour right now digital transformation yeah 
um, that's that's what it is. And and yeah. So I mean, I think number one, I, I think I, I answered that backwards, right? My my yeah. first answer would be is this is a great way for for our customers to to be showcased as vanguards of their industry. And I use that word a lot because I do. And I think our the analysts, I've had analysts say that to, to me about our customers. You know, they're they're ahead of the type A organizations that. The, the 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 firms talk with yeah so it's and why wouldn't you want to be positioned as that you know it right. makes you look like you know I mean whether whether it's for just um profile but also for for business you want right. the people who are interested in your business to know that this company is not gonna um lose revenue or lose market share or they're you know, they're not in trouble they know right. what's up right. they're gonna survive and they're not just gonna survive they're gonna thrive and you know that's another thing that uh, we talk a lot about digital yeah. transformation. It's not just about surviving anymore. You, you, it's it's about thriving. So yeah, it's fun to trace through those two areas, like the the technology and the uh, the culture stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, so I have two more like technical. Sure. I'm sure we'll trade. We'll uh, I should mm-hmm. reuse my, my metaphors. I'm sure we'll stumble onto other topics. But like so, there's two more little technical things mm-hmm. if that I want to talk about. One of them. So. Uh, we we have we have uh, Tony from Home Depot here. He's giving giving a talk here, and he's he's been hanging out with us very nicely. And and we were talking about how uh, what you do in one on one meetings, just comparing notes. And so I was curious to hear your answer. So like at an event like this, there's uh, there's often like a giant room with a bunch of tiny, painfully small round tables, mm-hmm. and they've got numbers on them, and you're, you're waiting for someone to bring you delicious food, but it never comes. Uh, and and so because the numbers it's are, like speed dating. Yeah, exactly. And so. So that's a, that, that's the one-on-one meeting. So like, yes. I, I'm curious to hear from you. Like, what? There's two. Well, at least one thing. So like, what do you do in that meeting? Like, what is, what what's supposed to happen? Okay. Well, I think of them as a start of a conversation. Often, like, oftentimes it's like, let's. You're not going to have a deep conversation in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of figuring out what, where the common ground is between us, and then mm-hmm. you and then then you leave here, and then you this you continue the conversation. It's like forced small another, talk. Yeah, yeah. So being a little party for small, and then after you leave here, and then you continue it in other formats. But do you find that you or if you're, I guess, either part of the one-on-one, mm-hmm. the one or the one, mm-hmm. are you going in there with something you want to get that one answer to? Like I know I've had Sometimes. a hand, you've set up a few of them for yeah. me this week, and I know out of each one, I've gotten at least some thought that I want to do yeah. something with because we had a, we, we said something or the analyst said something mm-hmm. interesting I wanted to investigate. Are you better off if you're going into those going? I'd really like their take on X. Let's see what else they yes. come up with. Oh, that's a good question. Well, yeah, yeah. So that's how you. Spark, I mean, because you know, otherwise, it, well, that also helps with that kind of first awkward silence. Like, oh, hey, how's the show going? You have a beard too. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's funny. The I, I love the how is the show going question. It's <laughs> right? such an easy fallback. Because yeah. yeah, you're not yeah. ready for the negative. If they go, this has been terrible. Like everything has gone wrong. I've been locked right. out of my room three times. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I lost my all my money last right. night. I'm not ready for the negative. Yeah. So, but it's it's definitely the it, it, when you have a specific question that definitely is a great way to break the ice and get it started and then from there you just flow so, so that maybe that's that's a good salient thing is like you should probably have at least one thing that that, yeah. that I, if not that you want to accomplish that you want to talk about right d- like d- oh i said in your report i really like what you said in yeah. this or i was right. at your talk yesterday like i kind of try and go to the talks yeah. Have and how, how long are these meetings usually 30 minutes 30 minutes okay. yeah. yeah now end users i would imagine probably have I would imagine end users go with more specific questions mm-hmm. than the vendors, right? Yeah. Either either because they are here trying to make a decision. Right. They're buying something. Yeah. You know, or um, they went to a session and wanted to dig deeper into something they said. So and I think I think it's a little different whether you're here as an end user or as a vendor. And for an end user, do they? If, I don't. Know, I was going to say advertise, but is a feature of one-on-ones that it can be a quick consultation, or or do they steer the analysts away from actually doing consultative stuff? Uh, I, they're they're more like inquiry, so it is more consultative. Okay. It is more. Okay. It should be more consultative than briefing. And 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 for the for the listeners, inquiry is basically like a a thirty minute phone call that you yeah. have where you can ask a couple questions. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, so so okay, so we got that down. What mm-hmm. what you do with the one on ones? And how many do you typically have at a conference like this? Um, we you have two per pass for every ticket, but they also uh, put a limit on how many for vendors. They put a limit on how many you can do total. Funny. Right. So at least two, but no more than eight. Unless you're like the triple <laughs> platinum sponsor or something. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's. Okay. It. I didn't realize this about Gardner until until you know we started working here on this stuff. But there there's like not only I mean, yet another weird separate not weird but. Uh, what was the word I liked better than weird? Novel separation of uh, of things as the event people and the research people. Full and on. they're like, yeah. 
they're like separate concerns of business, which totally makes sense, but I wouldn't have realized that. It and is. so it's, it's interesting to see how when you're in an, an event like this, how that intermixes mm -hmm. with, with uh, the research side. So, uh, so then the other thing as far as technicalities that I had is, is I had forgotten about this, but Richard remembered is you actually, you ran, I don't know, I think it was Pivotal's first, like mm -hmm. our first AR day at Spring One Platform. And it so was. that's, that What's up with that? Exciting. I loved like, it. I like, love those things. You know, being how I, I love bringing people together. Yeah. So, and so first of all, explain what what an analyst day is. Like, what, sure. what would that be? It's usually you take the analysts and you lock them in a room with no windows and you just fire hose them with information about why you're. And, and if you wanted to do things, governor <laughs> nightmares, it would be no Wi-Fi or power streams. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nightmare. Cell blockers. <laughs> um, no, that's that's there. There are people who might run their analyst days that way, but we do not. Yeah. Um, so you bring them in, you, you, you give them a sense of, I mean, if you having, if you have big announcements at the show, the fact is the analysts shouldn't be surprised about anything you're going to announce at a conference. They're just not. But uh, again, I think some of them are run as, oh, here are the announcements we're going to make at the show. There might be reminders, hey, we already briefed you on this, but just FYI, this, we're going to talk about this at the conference, right. so if you're asked. Um, we talked to them about um, roadmap. Right. Um, we had some customers talk mm -hmm. about their journey with us, which was one, which is their favorite. I mean, their favorite thing is customers. Always, yeah. always, always. They loved it. They were over the moon about the, the, the panel we had. Um, and then access to executives, like executives they don't get to talk to very often. And of course, then they get to ask them the really hard questions like, who are your competitors? Like, who do you consider your biggest competitor, which was asked, or, you know, questions about revenue or go to market and things right. like that. General so, strategy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, I, I got, was fortunate enough to attend. That's Rita let me sit in on it. And I, I think, again, why an end user cares that we have an analyst day is the, the point is for people to be pretty up to date. So if you do call a Gartner or Forrester mm -hmm. or any of these and say, so what's going on over there? You know, who's doing interesting stuff in containers? You know, they're not just saying, well, well I read the blog, the same blog you did. Like, I guess <laughs> the same stuff. Yeah, exactly. But like, they're, they they're the ones access. that should be Absolutely. a little bit ahead. And if this is one fire hose day, because I can't imagine, I mean, you set up a lot of briefings to make sure that it's not like once a year we go talk to each one of these yeah. and just fire hose them. But this is a great, like, let's all sit for six, seven hours, talk about this stuff, ask tough questions. I don't know. I think those are nice. Same reason we all go to conferences, right? You have focused attention on interesting topics. Yeah. Also, and as I recall, there was guacamole there on was the lunch line. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the sign of good that's catering. It. That was well, a strong it was great. And yeah. it was chunky. It wasn't that was frappe good. stuff. That was some good food. The Aria was a good, good place. Now, you know, the, the other thing is I, I liked having it at Spring One yeah. um, because Spring One platform, sorry. It, because it got them to the event as well, and I want them to 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 feel the energy, you right? In context, talk, yeah, and right. talk to our customers and see our customers, right? And so I think having an and and again, there have been analyst days that are done just as individual kind of separate things, but um, I tagged it on to Spring One for so that they could go to the sessions and well, I guess just feel the energy. That answers the very insidery question I was yeah. going to have is like why you would have a separate analyst thing versus a, at a conference. Like, I mean, when I was an analyst, I always preferred. Is this true? I more or less, I pretty much always preferred having it at a conference, yeah, right? Because you could go to the conference. Exactly. Then, yeah. right? It's not two trips. Yeah. I mean, these people travel a lot. Yeah. Right. There, like, there were some exceptions. Like I remember IBM had their big, everyone would call it the Mills was, event. But like there, there are, back when Steve Mills ran software and everything, there are some that are nice in the sense that the, the vendor is so huge. Right. That it's, and that it's, still happens. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. still happens. And the big vendors do that. They'll do yeah. their one or two days. Well, the other thing I saw you did a, a lot of, again, it's your matchmaking skills, I guess, but, you know, the analysts were also trying to double dip and not just sit here for an analyst day, but then they would go off and grab the customer who presented a talk mm -hmm. and go spend a half hour with them yeah. just peppering Absolutely. them with questions because they wanted to get a case study. So I guess, you know, my question for you is, are the do the analysts typically make themselves available to the conference when they're done? I mean, James Governor spoke and did a great right. job. Or is it kind of like, hey, I'm almost incognito. I'm not going to be giving free consultations while I'm walking around. Like, what's what's an analyst think when they go to a conference to participate in something like this? Are they just sucking in information? Or are they trying to create a two-way conversation? Um, I think probably more so sucking in information, but yeah. they also like to talk to the customers and and have have a selectively and have a conversation. Oh my I mean, gosh, you're so and so. Can we go right. chat about yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. It's a conversation. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, come on, they don't like, they don't mind being asked their opinion. I mean, that's what they get paid to do, and especially yeah. if it's an end user. So, but, but mostly they're there for the, to get the information. And, and in our case, a lot of that information was being parsed by our customers, which was really right. great. Um, and I think the, our customers also liked hearing the feedback from 
the analysts. Again, to talk to, to mention Fred Monk and James, he wrote uh, his his trip report was pretty much about our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Period. Like right. it was not about oh, Pivotal made these announcements and blah. It was here what here's here's a common thread I'm learning from their customers. And again, it helped highlight some of the amazing work, for example, Allstate was doing. You know, and just well, I mean that's why I remember we, I mean, we spent virtually no time on competitors. In this chat, even when people ask, like, you give an answer, but yeah. we didn't spend analyst day bashing competitors. No. Or, instead, it's like, here's some really great customers. Here's yeah, some really cool product plans. Here's yeah. what's already working today. Mm-hmm. I like that vibe versus mm-hmm. uh, let's try to be defensive about our spot. No. Yeah, there's a set of questions of like uh, that analysts ask that I always think is sort of like, well, I don't want to do your homework for you. <laughs> right? And, and, and I more started to pick up on this bucket of questions back when I would listen to other analysts when I was one. And, and, and like the, the competitor one is always a funny one. It's like, I mean, you know, like, isn't that your job? Yeah. I think <laughs> but, the only reason you that'd ask. That would be funny and, if somebody and, and, and think, said, who do you think it is? Yeah. Like, and and, and the, other, the, other, <laughs> the other side of that is 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 kind of what, what you're saying is like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to tell you who we compete with. But, like, yes. I'm more interested in, like, not, I mean, obviously, it's interesting to know about who you think the competitors are. But, like. From the perspective of the full title of an industry analyst, mm-hmm. I'd be really interested to hear your framing of how you think the industry right. is, right? And yeah. so, like, and and also, I mean, to us, I, I'm also always overly hyper aware of, uh, I don't know how to categorize this in a word that's like uh, rated G, but like analysts who are kind of like screwing with you, like mm-hmm. they're they're intentionally like. At, it, they want to be provocative. Yeah, it's like, like it's like make you uncomfortable. It's like the reporter side of being an analyst, yes. where, where they're trying to kind of like get you off your whatever and, and look behind the curtain, which is totally fair game. But I always right. I always feel like the competitor one is a little bit of that, right? It's just like. But to, but to that point, I think what you said is important because if I if I ask a vendor, a software vendor, who your competitor is, and they go, you know, we don't really have one. We're defining <laughs> a market. Like, that, not, you know, I'm sell sell yeah. right now. Like this company is totally like wrong answer. <laughs> so I think there's some truth to why you ask that, but I think the key yeah. would be. This is why, and let's let's keep moving. Yeah, because yeah. I you know, we don't. Yeah, that. so that, that that's what I was trying to get to. Is there's a series of uh, you know Admiral Akbar, it's a traps that like questions analysts have. Where like if you right. don't, know, it, it's almost it's not always this, but I'm always on guard that it's like this encoded way of seeing if you're giving honest answers. Mm-hmm. And like so, if you say we have no competitors, and it's sort of like they can go into like you know treat the witnesses hostile. They'll tune out. And they'll yeah, tune yeah, out. yeah. Or if they accidentally say their biggest competitor is also one of their partners, and we're all in the same. <laughs> you know what? No, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, at partners. Yeah. They're actually trying to kill you. Let's, <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> so, so then the final question I had is uh, uh, like so. Oh, let me make sure this. Oh, there. See, I'm doing this on my phone, as you can tell, and I forgot to turn off the uh, what do you call it? Locking screen. Yeah. So it's always freaking me out. I should do I should do better work. Uh, so so finally, if, if people who whether they're we have a, a variety of audience people, whether they're people who work at Pivotal or their prospects or customers, if they wanted to like, what would be like the the speaking of what did you call shortlisting? You had a good phrase for it that was like down select down select. I like downdrafting. That's, yeah, uh, that's down, my band name. There, exactly. <laughs> so what would be the way that you would help people down select the the analysts that they should talk to? Like if they just you know like what are like three or five or however many you feel like you should answer. I'm, I'm sure there's just one you would like them all to talk to, but you want to be polite. Mm-hmm. But like, who, who who would you point them towards? Or are there specialties? Say, look, if I want to talk about X, I would steer you here. If I want to talk about this topic here, or do you not even think that way? No, I actually don't think that way. I think it depends on the company and who, what you're, mm-hmm. what inform, what you want to learn about. You know, there's some, you know, the two biggest firms cater to the same audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just do. Forrester and Gartner right. have the same. And oftentimes, companies who are clients of Forrester are also clients of Gartner. So if you're a large enterprise, you are likely talking to those folks. Right. Um, even if you're a large enterprise, so this is something, this is a thought I had, actually, not too long ago since joining Pivotal, is that if you are an enterprise and you're you know, a high-level app dev leader, and you're sort of in an ivory tower, I would probably suggest you talk to the analysts and the analyst firms who go to the developer conferences and are talking to developers and who know what's going on on the ground, you know? And in that case, you know, it's going to be Red Monk and it's going to be some of the Forrester guys for sure. Um, They go to these events. I know that for a fact. I just follow them on Twitter. (laughs) So follow them on Twitter and then you can get a sense. So that's that's one of the things that I, I, I kind of think about is, um, if you, again, if you're in an ivory tower, am I saying you know your listeners are, your listeners are? Why would you want to talk to somebody else who's sitting in an ivory tower? You should yeah. talk to the folks who are out there talking to that's a, that's a to interesting, your, to your mm-hmm. devs. Interesting, helpful point in the sense of you can use analysts to jump down the hierarchy. 
And, and I guess it will go the other way, although usually if you're at the bottom of the hierarchy, you don't have the funding to do it. But you can basically use it to, as, as a wormhole to like yeah. go up and down the kind of hierarchy. What are my developers doing? What are they yeah. thinking about? What are the new technologies that they're hot on? What makes them happy or productive, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that the folks, like I said, that are going to the developer conferences are learning. Yeah. yeah. Because they're not just talking to other people like you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who you're trying to differentiate yourself from. Yeah. Right. So, so that's one thing that I would I would consider when you're when you're wondering. And so, and then for example, like Red Monk's model is uh, they they blog. They don't have you know you don't have to pay they don't have paywalls, so you can always read their stuff for free, which is always wonderful. And they do webcasts and things like that. So, um, and then I think four five one also often uh, publishes free research. Yeah. From, from some of their opinion pieces, they'll put them up out for free for mm -hmm. for a little while. I know like there's a Nick Patience piece on. Digital, digital transformation. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was free for a while. And that was really a great piece to read. It's like, why, why, why do digital transformation? And uh, it was a really good, you know, and anybody mm -hmm. could download it for a little while. And same thing with Ovum. I think they also do, um, you know, Michael Azoff had written a piece about cloud native security. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think is how he put it. Right. And it was also published as a column in a, in a, in a magazine. So yeah. there's ways to get access to the, to the content they publish, you know, and they, they'll do that. But, but yeah, like I said, I think it's, Good. if you want to know what's going on, talk to the folks that are out there, not just talking to people like you. Yeah, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, one more thing for you. So, so when they are talking to people not like them, and they don't see someone they expect. So let's say you look at a wave quadrant triangle whatever shape, and you don't see Pivotal. What are they supposed to do about that? Just go, meh, I didn't get, guess they get included? Or do I expect that, hey, you're allowed to call Gartner and say, hey, tell me a little more about why they weren't in there, I have, what I have criteria, how does that work? A new idea for you marketing folks. We'll yeah. make little stickers that we'll send out and you can just stick it in your printout. How about, how about that? There you go. <laughs> that also you put the pivotal name on the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stick down. That reminds me of like a core, like a tiny little anti pattern. I remember in multiple organizations, people saying that they tell this to like, like field facing people. It's like mm -hmm. you cannot take a screenshot of the magic quadrant mm -hmm. and put where you think you should be on it. Yes. <laughs> well, we <did. laughs> which happens so, surprisingly. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. So one of the things actually. Uh, so with the wave, I don't know how they'll they'll address this. Like the wave will sometimes mention, or Forrester will mention people who who weren't in it mm -hmm. for whatever reason, but who should be considered anyway. Um, the quadrant folks, what they're doing actually is there's something called peer insights, mm -hmm. which is I, for lack of a better term, it's like Yelp for IT. So if you are if you like to write reviews, check out peer insights. All right, I think it's the Gartner slash reviews or Gartner.com slash reviews. And there's categories. Of t Unfortunately, they don't have a category that we would fit in yet. Sure. They, it's coming any 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 quarter now. <laughs> so um, and what they're doing is they're tying that to the magic quadrant. So if, so, so if, if you're not a Gartner client, right, you don't have a subscription, uh, but you want to know what your peers are saying about uh, um, some of the technology platforms, you check out peer reviews. So what they're doing is they're linking the MQs to the peer, peer inside, inside stuff. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you are on the MQ, you click on the dot, and then um, that'll take you to the peer. First, it'll give pop up a little like, mm -hmm. oh, this is how many stars they have out of five. Mm -hmm. and then you can go and look at it. But the cool thing is, um, that will also take you to the peer insights page for that category. So if you're not in the MQ, you could and you have enough reviews in that oh, category, right. you can you can learn about that. So for example, you know they can if they do end up like in in a the APAS uh, peer peer insights section, there might be a bunch of pivotal um, reviews posted on there, and they can learn about pivotal that way. Even though we're not even yeah, in the APAS at the moment. Exactly. Right. So I mean I'm just using that as an example. I don't, they have oh, they, they don't have they don't have a PAS. Section and is that is that that yet. is that that company they bought? Like, there's I even think maybe they're in Austin, but Gartner bought some company that was like a like user review thing. I'll have to go look that up. Yeah, hmm. check that out. Yeah, so that's exciting. And I think it's actually it was a good move for Gartner to do that. Um, yeah, because they need to how do they stay relevant, right? Like back to the ivory tower conversation. Right. Well, you have anything else you want to tell our listeners? Well, about so the exciting world of analysts. Yeah. Well, some, well, something I've been thinking about specifically since joining. Pivotal and just hearing the, con the different kinds of conversations is that the industry analyst, there. So for years they got they would get calls asking about like feature to feature comparisons on things and those are easy black and white kind of thing. Okay, yeah. da, 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 da. but with 
these changing paradigms, right, of how you how to develop applications or run them, you know, cloud architectures, microservices, they're getting a lot more question questions about culture, mm. which you know is I'm not saying I don't want to say that it's outside of their comfort zone, but it's not some they're not used to talking about those yeah. things, right? So these are new new things. So this is it's always interesting to, to see how they. How, what kind of advice they give in yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. And they need, and the thing is, I think they just need to hear more from end user organizations and customers about what, how they, the cultural changes they went through or what they had to do to get, to, you know, to change the, the, the people in the process aspect yeah. of the. Yeah, that, I, I mean, it, it'd be interesting to compare like uh, fuzzy thoughts on this, but like, there's like the analysts who cover agile software development. Like I think yep. I think Forrester has a group specifically doing that, and mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't if there's not a group, there's several analysts at Gartner who yep. do that, and and like it's kind of an interesting because you could you could erroneously have that only be about tools and that you could buy that would that you would be using during doing agile software development. I think some firms maybe fall into that trap, but like really it kind of gets to this point of like there being industry analysts about how the industry is doing the work. I mean, it, and, and it yeah, is like, it's, it's, but, but that, and maybe there's, there's a few areas off in IT management land where there's like the ITEL people and stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. Like it's this, I don't commonly think aside from what I was just saying of analysts covering the, how you use stuff so much. Yeah. And it's, it's, this is why I think it's even more important for them to be talking to end users Yeah. as a matter of fact, right? Because it's not just here, pick this tool because you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is they're they're hungrier even more now um, mm. to to hear how people have done it so they can so they can go back and say here's how and they don't have to name the company but hey I talked to a large organization who had the same issue and this is how they did it yeah right and this is what they learned so mm-hmm. they're even more I mean an analyst we talked to today was like I don't care about tools <laughs> I want to hear about use cases so yeah. that's another thing that's that that's been changing and it's kind of fun to watch well good well great. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll have you on in what will feel to me like a year. Another year. But maybe it'll right. just be six months, which, which <laughs> will be great. It's always fun. I'm always nervous before these, and then I get on, and I'm like, this is great. That's right. My, Wait, what's the next big stuff. analyst event we have coming up? Uh, Pop quiz for you. No. So um, you know, nothing nothing imminent. Like, I think, you yeah. know, end of year. There's kind of a pause of until, until yeah, maybe spring or so. Like, like, like CES and like the Mobile World Congress that happens. Yeah, but those yeah, are yeah. analyst-specific events. I think Red Monk's uh, Monkey Gras is happening in March. So springtime. Oh, that's right. So I think Monkey – oh, no, wait. Monkey Gras is happening in January in London. Oh, that's So that's, that's happening, it. and we're sponsoring that, I believe. Okay. So um, that's – check out the website. And if you're an end user who likes to talk about what you're doing, check it out. Yeah. Maybe, so, submit a paper. That's another thing is like submit a paper. It's cool, like especially for the Red Monk. <laughs> the Red yeah, Monk yeah. Event. They always Go. have great giveaways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there's, uh, yeah, and then there's, I think, a, a data and analytics summit in yeah. March, and then, uh, yeah. you know, then summertime. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Well, as always, this has been pivotal conversations. You can find uh, as quickly as possible. Well, one, you should subscribe, and then you'll get it right away. Mm-hmm. You can find that in iTunes or Overcast or wherever. And also, if you go to SoundCloud.com/slash Pivotal Conversations. Just all one word. I think you can capitalize it as, however you like. It's very entertaining. You're shouting. You can That's right. All caps. And and then what? I always get it wrong. What's the URL we have? The official pivotal one. Well, pivotal dio slash blog. Yeah, or, or podcast. Or podcast or we're, just, we're not good at that. Just search for it. But that's that's where we post the full <laughs> show notes that we keep alluding to. Yep. And also, like uh, if you like this podcast, or even if you don't like it, you should do the following. You should go into iTunes and give us like five stars or like leave a review. And in your review, you can talk about how you like to work with analysts, you know, your thoughts on them and also just that we're a great podcast. Or if you're listening in Overcast, as most people are, I have no idea what this actually does, but you should just open it up and click the little recommended button. I don't know what that does, but it looks great. So uh, thanks for listening and we'll see everyone next time.